Welcome to SHIFT, a college admissions, ACT, and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to get you better results in less time. You can get a free trial by visiting achievable.me, and if you like it, definitely use the code PODCAST because you'll get 10% off. Now, let's get started. We have Barbara Leventhal from Score at the Top and Annaline Dinkelman from Teach Me Wall Street back on the show. And if you could each just introduce yourselves real quick, I'd really appreciate that so that our audience has some context for the upcoming topic. Hi, everyone. I'm Annaline Dinkelman, the owner and founder of Teach Me Wall Street. I run summer programs all about business and finance for high school students. And pre the pandemic, I actually taught in person, and I had a business called Wall Street Walks. And in case you're wondering about my accent, I'm originally from South Africa, but a resident of New York in the past for the past 25 years. Hi, I'm Barb Leventhal. Hi, I'm Barb Leventhal. I'm an educational consultant with Judy Rabinovitz and Associates in Florida, and I help students navigate the path to college using extracurricular activities strategically to gain admission. Yeah, and that is precisely what we're talking about today, right? Um, with a couple of layers of nuance. So uh, first and foremost, right, it's just like how to use extracurriculars to the best of your ability in your admissions, no matter what your grades are. But then also, particularly if you have bad grades, how you can use extracurriculars as a way to make your college application story not about your grades, but about what you're really passionate about. So Barbara, I'd love if you could kick us off by just giving us an overview of how to do great extracurricular activities, plan and execute them for your uh, the sake of your college application, as well as your own interests. So I think that extracurricular activities are really important in the college admission process because it's one place where the student is really authentic. It's an area where every kid can shine, even if they're not A students, even if they're not performing art stars, even if they're not recruited athletes, and even if they have learning differences. So I think that mm-hmm. that's the role of extracurriculars. It really helps students to shine in an authentic way. I think um, as distinct from other parts of the application process, it's an area that the student has to do entirely on their own. Mm-hmm. You don't get help, you know, pole vaulting or playing tennis or creating something special, writing story. Um, the extracurricular activities are the thing that the students pretty much do on their own. They may get a little coaching on the best way to go about it, but the work is all there. And the credit goes to them. And I think that's something that's significant, a significant part of the process. I think that extracurriculars demonstrate who a student is, helps them to determine where they're going and how they're going to get there. I will say that I'm not sure there's any extracurricular activity that can completely overcome a low grade point average. So grades are the thing that Admissions officers spend the most time on. They spend more time looking at the student's transcript than any other part of it. However, extracurriculars really make the person. And there are many other parts of the application process that are important in addition to the grade. 
So, for example, extracurricular activities demonstrate that student's passion or interest. Extracurricular activities show a student's character because they show what they're involved in, whether they're giving or not, if they're able to work collaboratively, if they take on leadership roles. All of those things show the student's character. It's also a way to see the student's skills or personal traits. Some kids are really talented in music or art or uh, athletics, but other kids are really good at organizing closets. And all of those are skills <laughs> that matter. You know, the organization skill is probably one of the greatest skills that goes unsung in high school students. So there's really something there about extracurriculars in terms of really helping students to step into the person they want to be in a way that sometimes courses, they're not able to do that. If you're not particularly good at math, you might struggle at it and work really hard and improve your grade in it, but it really maybe doesn't showcase your potential. But as a student who has a passion in an extracurricular, that's really a way where you can channel those interests and really make them shine. Right. And so when you're when you're looking at essentially building a portfolio of your extracurriculars, uh, you mentioned, you know, obviously, sure, leadership is a great thing to add if, if you're going to be the lead, a leader in an organization. Um, but what are the other things that you should be considering when you're evaluating different opportunities to do extracurriculars in terms of both, in terms really, I guess we'll keep it narrow to this conversation about like maximizing the benefit to your college applications. Okay, so let me give you a little case study. Maybe that'll be a, a good way to do it. Yeah, perfect. So, you know, I, I've said over and over that students need to match their central passion with activities that demonstrate their interest, their curiosity, their depth. Um, so let me tell you about a student I had whose name was Matthew G. Matthew wanted to be a lawyer, and he wanted to be recruited for football. Um, he was at a small school. And mm -hmm. at the time that I met him, he was a tall, skinny, like beanpole kind of kid. He certainly didn't look like someone who was going to conquer the football field. Right. Um, but we worked on two facets of the project. So the first thing we worked on was he said he wanted to be a lawyer. What kind of skills do lawyers need? They need to be able to speak, right? Lawyers sell words. So the first thing he did, I had him take an introductory, a foundation course at Harvard in public speaking. And I let him know mm -hmm. in no uncertain terms that no one in admissions was going to be impressed that the course was at Harvard. But what he could get out of it was he could see what students look like at Harvard and be on the campus and get a feel for what life is like at a college like that. But that the important thing would be what he would do when he got home. And what he, mm -hmm. what we agreed was that when he came home, he would reinvigorate the debate club at his school. When he came back, that debate club had eight students. Within the next semester, he brought it up to 88 kids. So wow. that really, right, that really spoke to his impact. Because he'd had the opportunity in the summer, he really understood debate. He knew a lot about it. He had done all different kinds of fun practices. I remember he told me he had to stand in the middle of Harvard Square and give a speech. And they were judged on how many people that would stop to listen. 
So that huh. kind of, you know, being a, like a high school kid standing in Harvard Square, speaking your heart out, great activity. And, you know, he came back and he did a lot with it. And the interesting thing was all the kids got to meet with the director of admissions at Harvard. And the director of admissions at Harvard told Matthew exactly what I had said to him. No one's going to care that you did this summer program. It's what you do with this opportunity that will matter. And then the yep. other thing, Matthew was interested in football. And he was good, good enough to be one of the top 23 in our county. But I wasn't sure that that was going to be enough to carry the day. So one of the days when he came to my office, we talked about doing a project on hurricane, hurricane awareness. And he was going to go home and flesh out some ideas. So between the day that we had the initial appointment and the, a week later when he was coming back for the next appointment, we had a hurricane in South Florida. So no. perfect timing. So when he came back to my <laughs> office, he said, you know what? I don't want to do hurricane awareness. I think everybody knows that. He said, I want to talk about hurricane cleanup because I had to clean up my yard after the hurricane and I've got a lot to say on that topic. So <laughs> that's how Boca Buckets was born. And Boca Buckets was a tremendous project. Matthew started it on his own. Um, he initially got together a list of like 25 things that he had used around the house to do the cleanup after the hurricane. And in the first go-round, his parents bought the items to put in the bucket. And we agreed to do what I called a proof of concept because I read in the paper that Habitat for Humanity was doing an event in a neighborhood that wasn't far from where Matthew was. So I had him go with his 20 buckets and see if anyone was interested in them. And, you know, I can hardly tell the story without getting emotional. So Matthew set up his 25 buckets. He called me and said, okay, I'm here. And within a few minutes, he called me back. He said, what's the matter? Did something go wrong? He said, no, I'm all out of buckets. People, <laughs> it was a hot, sweltering hot day in South Florida. And people ran to get the buckets. Some people put the bucket over their head to prevent, to, you know, shade them a little bit from the stifling Florida sun. Some people sat on the bucket, but everyone wanted the bucket. And what Matthew said at the end was, he said, you know, Barb, I realized that even a kid could make a difference. And the bottom line is, he was recognized by the county for his football skills. And ESPN came to take video of him. And they, there's mm -hmm. video of him running up and down on the football field. But the coach said to ESPN, hey, you should talk to this kid. He's got this great project going. So the entire interview was about Boca Buckets. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you see Matthew in the background running around doing stuff in football, but the entire interview was focused on Boca Buckets. From the early start where his parents supplied the stuff for the initial, we did a fundraising project where he... Um, rented a bus and they rented the Heat Arena. We sold tickets to kids and a lot of fathers and sons, some daughters. Um, they bought tickets to go on the bus. They went to the arena and they got to play basketball in the Heat Arena. After it was over, the Miami Heat called and said, can we post your event on our social pages? And, you know, once we heard that, <laughs> that is college admission gold. Because once that was oh, yeah. there... Home Depot called, and that's where we were buying all the stuff. And Home Depot offered to be Matthew's sponsor. So, 
So then we, we were able to do wonderful things. You can um, probably look them up on Google or look up both of Buckets on Google and find it. See all the countries and all the places that his work touched. And I'm sure that Matthew and his family would agree that he, his project was the centerpiece of his college application. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, talk about impact, right? Like that that is impact right there. And that's what colleges really want to see. Because I think, you know, to say, oh, like I had this annoying experience and I think maybe I could make it easier for some people is one thing. But then to recognize like the demand for what he had done and to go out and to build on it and to really kind of make an enterprise out of it, I think that's really impressive. He actually was named by the county for the very first community service award given to a football player. Wow. Yeah. So that, that is a, that is a fantastic example. And I think, I think that really kind of to like to bring it back to the topic, it really is at the heart of why you should be thinking to do extracurriculars at all. Right. Like I think that there's a lot of pressure now with students that, you know, you've got to, be in the chess club and the jazz club and the, you know, be in a varsity sport and all these other things. And, and they might be kind of signing up for stuff that they are tangentially interested in just because they think that they can put another feather in their cap and, you know, that'll be better, right? They want to fill all 10 of those slots on the common app, but maybe it's better to go deep with one thing or to have one really compelling story that comes out of it. Well, I have worked with many extracurricular programs with schools over the years. And what Mm -hmm. I saw is that a lot of the extracurricular activities depends on the creativity of the teacher. They would Mm -hmm. plan, for example, a field trip to New York, and they would organize the kids that they would actually plan the trip. So they got experience in calling the bus company, getting quotes. They had to research lunch options. They had to research the pricing for all the activities that they did. And the students planned the entire trip. So it was a project of their like club. And the clubs hmm. I'm talking about is in the school, you're probably familiar with like the FBLA, the Future Business Leaders of America, or the DECA programs. These are in the high schools, but not at every high school. That, mm-hmm. But it's a great extracurricular activity for students. And you're absolutely, you're absolutely right, Tyler. It's not about the quantity. It's about the quality of what the kids involve themselves in. So when Annaline was speaking about DECA or FBLA, those are really high-quality programs that have been vetted, that are seen as, you know, with respect on the part of the college. But you're 100% right. Colleges do not want those kids that are what I jokingly call serial joiners. Mm -hmm. They want those kids who can make a commitment to something and stick with it. Right. Well, because that's what mirrors what actually gets you somewhere in the real world, right? I mean, the story of of the football player in Florida, he made something that the real world really needed, right? And when you do, and if you actually are successful to hit that when you have a startup or when you have a project – or even if you're within a company and you and you create a feature or a service that a lot of people use, that's really valuable and that, you know, will move either your own business or that business forward 
And then you don't have time to work on 12 other projects, right? Like if, if something takes off, that is what you are doing, right? Or, you know, maybe if you get higher up and you're in your vice president or something, you can delegate it. But for the majority of your early adult of your early adulthood and early career, um, I feel like really staying focused on one thing is definitely stronger than trying to be a little bit focused on a lot of things. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So then let's talk about finding the finding the opportunity and or creating the opportunity as as your example did, Barbara. Um, what like where do you start? Like you talked about brainstorming with your students, Barbara, and I, I imagine that you're brainstorming kind of a list of what they're interested in, right? But once you have that list, kind of how do you prioritize it and think about what's going to be the most valuable thing to focus your time on? I think that I think that it's all about being a good listener. Um, because I'm listening for what the student feels is exciting to them and then trying to build on it. And I'll give you a perfect example. I once had a student who told me that she liked putting on makeup and going out to dinner with her family. And I listened, and what I heard was that she probably was artistic. So I said to her, I bet you're artistic, aren't you? She said, I am a little. I said, okay. How would you like to do a project where we could tell a story about the cultures of the world? And she said that was great, and I helped her. We came up with a a story for each continent, and she had a project, a hands-on project. It was going to be a group of um, elementary school kids for an after-school activity. So she created a less series of lesson plans, one for every continent, where they did a hands-on art project that went with the story that we took from that represented each culture. And it ended up being a great project. She did designed it for every continent. She drew the directions. She made, it was making maps. It was called the faces of culture. And she, the kids made a map for each culture and it was really a great project for a kid mm-hmm. that, you know, had learning differences and maybe didn't have that kind of depth to be able to do something with hundreds of kids or raise hundreds of dollars. But she was able to raise the spirits of, you know, kids after school. And on top of that, mm-hmm. she happened to be bilingual. So when her family went to Colombia to visit their relatives, I had her do the program again in Spanish. And she right. had a wonderful activity to tell about on her college application. And she got into her first choice school. Yeah, Barbara, I really like that story uh, because I feel I, I, like it's such a good example of um, you don't have to have something extraordinary happen to get a really good story out of it that you can build your application around, right? Like there was nothing like what happened with your first example was extraordinary, right? Like I've I've never... <laughs> done anything close to that right and i'm 35 and i thought that was a really really cool and compelling story but then you know for the students listening at home if you hear that and you're intimidated well you don't need to be right because it doesn't matter what you're doing or whether it gets like you know to 
you know, gets you in the news as much as it's personal to you and it is something that you can really identify with and be passionate about and talk about in that way. I think you're so right. You know, I've always emphasized that the beauty of the project is not that it's complicated. It's that it matches the student. So whatever mm-hmm. level of sophistication, whatever talent the student brings, that's what the project can handle. And small, simple ideas can have great impact. You know, having someone, you know, having someone call their grandmother has enormous impact. So something as simple as that, being able to touch someone else and let them know that they're important, that's the basis of a project. And I think mm-hmm. you hit the nose, the nail on the head. It doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be something simple. May I give you a, a quick example of another project? Okay, so I had a student a number of years ago who was um, a really fine student. And he, to blow off steam, he and his buddy would go fishing after school. And he was really smart. So after they came back from their day of fishing, they would clean the catch, freeze dry it, and they were donating it to a local food bank. And they got a receipt from the food bank saying how many pounds of fish they donated each day. And when I met him, he already had that much of the project going. And I said to him, you know, when I was a kid, I lived in New Jersey, but we would come to Florida for vacation. And my dad would sign up for these big fishing days, tournaments. Did they still have that? He said, yeah, sure. I said, I bet we could look on the Internet and get a list of all these fishing competitions in the state. And you could write to them and ask them, what do they do with the catch? Because if a lot of people are not local, what happens to the fish? So he did, and of course, they all agreed to send him his catch. And the fact that those tournaments were hooked up with wildlife organizations, he ended up being interviewed by national wildlife organizations. Wow. And so his project grew by leaps and bounds. You know, just imagine the small amount of fish that was being collected when two kids were fishing on Saturdays, as opposed to fishermen throughout the state donating their catch. And yeah. today his project um, took him to Stanford. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the impact right there. And there's a project that was not complicated, right? Simple project, simple idea, and a good coach just saying, hey, like, maybe we could... Blow it right. up a little bit. Well, and, and it's also just like that. It, it it always ties back to the impact at, and and how you did something that like the real world uses, right? I think that that's sort of the <laughs> that is the the holy grail of of impact is is this is a thing that's going to live on without you because it was so important, right? And and such a it's such an important thing too to recognize those opportunities when they're in front of you where it just kind of, it, oftentimes, like, it's just by being in the moment, being the fisherman that's like, ah, I don't want to throw this away, I guess I'll donate it. And then kind of connecting that to, I wonder what everyone else does when they're done with their fish, right? Yeah. No, that's an amazing student that um, that he used a fish. I think it's one of the best, like, projects, as well as the Boca Buckets that of Bob has told me. Yeah. No, I love both those examples. They're great. Well, any other, as we wrap up here, any other concluding thoughts on really having stellar extracurriculars and with impact that improve your college application? 
I think there's lots of opportunity for students and sometimes they just need a little encouragement that they can put down their phones from the video games and participate in programs because the programs are out there. They just need mm -hmm. to be aware and willing to do those. Right. And Barbara, any final thoughts from you? I would say my final thought is this for parents, that every parent knows the special qualities of their team. And your job as a parent is to channel those qualities into a compelling story for admission. Mm -hmm. and, and a compelling story, preferably like through something that they did, right? Yes, of like, course. You know, again, yeah. going back to what we said earlier, it's not the activity. It's about what the student accomplished within the activity that really makes that student shine. Exactly. Great. Well, thank you both so much. This has been Shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Annaline Dinkelman and Barbara Leventhal. And you can get a free trial of Achievable's ACT course by visiting achievable.me and the code podcast gets you 10% off if you like it.